0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the first ever episode for Believe in Liga MX, for the Believe Podcast Network. Obviously, we're talking about Liga MX, and it's a perfect opportunity to start with this podcast so hope you enjoy it I'm your host Patrick Meehan we'll have a lot of fun and to kick things off we got a lot of guests that are going to be talking about some of the most interesting things that have happened this week in Liga MX Uh, well obviously it was a repechaje so we got four games four teams advanced to the quarterfinals of the Liguilla we're going to talk about all those games and also we're going to mention and I'm not only gonna mention it and talk about it by myself, but I got some great guests to give you some context on Florent Tovan, the French international World Cup winner that is now a Tigres player. So Liga Mexica's a world-class player, literally one of the top ten players in, in the Ligue on in the French soccer first division. So we're gonna mention that as well. So hope you enjoy it. I can't wait. For you guys to listen to this podcast and follow along all right so first of all we got a shocker in the repechaje atlas defeated tigres 1-0 it was this past saturday they advanced to the to the quarterfinals and it was a shocker <laughs> as simple as that i mean atlas obviously uh got julio forch to score that goal that put them on front they got julio forch for that exact moment and tigres just a team that uh, finishes the season off. It was a pretty inconsistent season for them. All the speculation about Tuca Ferretti leaving or not at the end of the season. It's finally kind of confirmed that he is leaving. Uh, he even says it himself, but it's nothing official. So until that's official, we'll talk about it for sure. It seems like Miguel Herrera, ex-America coach, will be replacing him, which is a, I, I absolutely love that that move for Tigres and for Miguel Herrera because he's getting a lot of talent, just like he had in America, of course, but, you know, different names, something fresh for both Miguel Herrera and Tigres is going to be an awesome combination, but let's give props to Atlas. They just absolutely uh, not, not, not dominated Tigres because Tigres had a lot of opportunities, and actually, Atlas's goalkeeper, Camilo Vargas, was one of the, if not the man of the match, for, for, the, for the Rojinegros, and 1-0, one, night, one nil, the stadium, Estadio Jalisco, was not packed because of COVID, obviously, uh, regulations and all that, but it was it was vibing. Uh, I saw a tweet, I don't remember who it was, but th- he said something about, it felt like when, when Liga MX teams was in the Libertadores, that's how the vibe was. And I gotta agree, Atlas, you know, it's a historical team with very little championships, just one, but still they got great fans. And great history. So it's good for them and for Liga MX for them to be in the in the next round, in the quarterfinals. They'll be facing off against Puebla. Uh, that's going to be a good game because Puebla is also one of the the teams that have really shocked this season with Larcamón. And we'll talk about that game um, later on. But it's going to be a good one. I, I I still got Puebla advancing. I don't know about you guys, but Puebla for me has been not only a revelation, of course, for everybody. But it's just how they played, so beautiful. So I got my eye on that one. We also got uh, Santos and Querétaro. Santos just crushed Querétaro, 5-0. Simple as that. Nothing you can do about it. Santos is obviously an amazing team uh, with so many talented players. But also, they got a great coach in Guillermo Almada. Uh, He knows how to get the best out of every single player. And Querétaro, well, uh, let's give a little context because... For them to be in the repechage is already big. Piti Altamirano came into this project. I, I, actually, they even, one day before this game, Santos Querétaro, they gave him the, you know, the, the. they assured him that he's going to be staying for next season. So that's good for Piti and for Querétaro. Even though they lost 5-0 the next day, it's all fine because they understand that this is a project and it takes time, especially after what happened to Querétaro with, they literally all their players left. All their players left. <laughs> so, it's it's a building uh in process with obviously Pidal Damirano, who's a great coach but is still starting his career as a coach. So, we got to give them time. Like I said, it's already a big deal for them to be in the repechaje. It's already a good a good start for this project. So, eh, eh, by the way, Antonio Valencia is going to be leaving not only leaving Querétaro but leaving soccer in general. Apparently, he's retiring. So, I mean it was good it was a good little moment for him in Liga MX but nothing exceptional like it normally happens with these big names that come to the Liga MX in a very advanced age so Santos Querétaro now Santos advances and they're facing off against Monterrey in the quarterfinals that's going to be an amazing match the the first leg and the second leg Monterrey and Santos have their little rivalry they've always had it uh, it's 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 always great to see teams that know each other perfectly uh, in the Liga in the liguilla because it, it, it just brings a different a different type of energy to the game. Monterrey and Santos will play in the quarterfinals. They recently uh, this past year got my dates all messed up, but when Monterrey was champions in the uh, in the Clausura of 2019. They uh, faced off in the quarterfinals as well. That was a, an, an amazing game, the, the first leg, like, especially in Monterrey Stadium. So looking forward to that and for that and for this game, we got a little bit of a preview with our first guest of the podcast. Beto Ruiz, from Marca Claro, is giving us his preview and what he thinks will happen in this Monterrey against Santos. So, Beto. Hello, dear Patrick. It's great talking to you about the match between
2: Rayados de Monterrey and Santos Laguna. To be honest, we gotta admit the Royales is the favorite team, but Los Guerreros won't sell anything for cheap. They are a bunch of young players that are hungry for success and are also needed of a great victory. Guillermo Almada, head coach of Los Guerreros, is a great coach that has also a lot of knowledge about his players and how to make them keep their best. The weakest point may be the lack of goals, but it seems that's, that this has been solved. You gotta... Just look at the last match against Querétaro. For the first match, Santos Laguna has to win. Because I don't think they can win in Monterrey, where they have won only four times in their whole history. I expect for this Thursday a great, great match, sorry. Maybe this game will define the key. Regards from La Comarca Lagunera.
1: Thank you, Beto, for that. That was a great preview of what Monterrey and Santos will be. Now, let's talk about another game uh leon received toluca in the repechaje it was definitely one of the most exciting games not only in the repechaje of course but in all season long leon and toluca drew 2-2 two, two, but in penalties toluca ended up winning 4-2 now let's talk about the game leon and toluca well first of all toluca just always needs to be in the s- stages of 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 the league they're just an exciting team every single time their history something about them just just makes it exciting for them to be in defining games and leon obviously as well they got great players nacho Ambriz's final game as a leon coach uh you know a great era a great moment um for for leon with nacho Ambriz. but now it's all over let's see what what they do and how they approach their this new this new moment this new era they're about to face Well, toluca advance Toluca is going to end up playing against Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul who's unstoppable at the moment. Let's see if Toluca can be that, uh, those that, that stop them for, for now for good. But Cruz Azul, I think will end up, end up going through, but Leon end up getting the draw at the 88th minute with an amazing goal. Uh, the stadium just goes crazy. Then penalties with Joel Campbell missing. Uh, well, Luis Garcia, who actually had an amazing game, Toluca's goalkeeper. Uh, Saved that shot and, and edge, after that it was just as simple as keep keep scoring and that's exactly what Toluca did and León missed another penalty. But during the game, Alexis Canelo, Kevin Castañeda were the goal scorers for Toluca, Ruben Sambuesa played amazing. In In León's side, you know, they, they were faced, it, it seemed like they were the team that was just having to, Come from behind every single time, not only literally, but ju- just they felt like it felt like that. And and Luis Garcia did an amazing job of keeping the you know the the, the goals for Leon only to two because it definitely could have been more. He stopped so many shots, uh, and and Toluca ended up going through on this one. So if you're missing out on the Liguilla in Mexico, you gotta take, you gotta watch, it, you gotta watch it because these four games in the repechaje Were amazing. Now let's talk about the other game, Pachuca against Chivas. This was the final game of the repechaje. Pachuca ends up going through. They defeated Chivas four two. The game was a little bit closer than what the score seems to, you know, uh, seems to be. Pachuca was at home. Chivas started the game winning with Uriel Antuna scoring a goal. Um, then Pachuca with Oscar Mur- with an Oscar Murillo header ties it up then you see a lot more opportunities for Pachuca. They ended up uh, really scoring their, their goals in the last few minutes of the game. Ends up being a 4-1, and then in the last minute, Chivas gets a penalty. They score it, and they're out of the liga. Yet. For Chivas, there's a lot of things to do. It seems like a new project is on the verge of happening because Busetich. I don't know if they can hold on to him. Um, it seems like he... Had his chances, had his moments, but just the team in general was never going to be anything more than what it is, especially uh, this season. I think they've reached that peak for this project with Busetich, and they gotta look elsewhere. There's a lot of opportunities for Chivas. They can, they. I, I think what they should do is kind of do the Pachuca way, who with Petzolano as their coach, you know, they they brought a, a, a unknown coach from Uruguay and he has Pachuca in the quarterfinals who actually will now face off America. That's going to be a complicated one for Pachuca, but still they're in the quarterfinals. And, and, and you know, Chivas can probably do that, go that same route. Bring a coach that the players don't know. Bring a coach that the fans don't know. Bring a coach that promises a lot because Chivas needs a big project. Chivas needs years with a good project, solid project, and bring in kids from their youth teams, and 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 form them with with this new coach, and not just keep switching coaches every six months, every year. That will never work. That will never take them to where they need to be at the top of the table. So that's that's my grain of salt for Chivas. That's what they got to do. Take take the opportunity now. Summer's coming up. You got a few months to to work this out. So it'll be interesting to see what they end up deciding. But I think this is the way. What the, the Pachuca way should be also the Chivas way. So let's see what happens. For Pachuca, like I said, they're facing off against America. Santiago Solaris' team, who has done really well this season. Let's see them now in the Liguilla. I think they, sh- America should go through. I think they will go through. But, you know, we'll see what happens. So the quarterfinals are Monterrey-Santos, Cruz Azul-Toluca, America-Pachuca, and Puebla-Atlas. What can I say? They're, they all look to be very interesting and very exciting and very, you know, Liga MX, Liga style. So I'm looking forward to watching all those four games. Well, eight games because that's the first leg and the second leg now. And then we got semifinals and then we got finals. So can't wait. And this is a perfect opportunity to get this podcast started so we can talk about all these games. Next week, we'll be talking about the, the well, how the quarterfinals ended up and the semifinals, previewing those for now, we're closing out the repechaje, ready for the quarterfinals, and let's get on to the next topic. The next topic, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, is about Florian Tovan signing with Tigres. Just an incredible and doesn't make sense signing. Well, like it didn't make sense when Guignac first arrived to Tigres. And this a little bit, you know, makes sense a little bit more because Guignac is in Tigres. There were, there were teammates at Olympique de Marseille. And now they are going to be teammates at Monterrey, in Tigres de Monterrey. So f- 28 years old, five-year contract, one of the top 10 best players in, in league 1. Uh, he's a player that could have gone to a bigger team in Europe. There were some rumors, apparently only Crystal Palace in in, in the Premier League, and Tigres were the ones that actually not only were interested, but actually offered something. And Tovan decided for Tigres. So... And for this, I'm not going to bring you my opinion or my point of view. I'm bringing in some experts. And so let's get started with that. Let's get started with that. For my first expert, my first guest, to talk about the Florian Tovan case, to put it that way, because it literally is something strange. But, you know, for us in Believe in League MX podcast, we're excited to see him, obviously, here in the league. Uh, For this first guest, I'm bringing in Jaime Macias, Bean Sports Journalist, Football Infinito podcast journalist, and he's talking about Tovan, two Tigres. Take it away, Jaime.
3: Well, he was part of the um, French World Cup winning squad. That's big words. Um, and he was also part of, of this generation with Pogba, Condogbia, and uh, all these guys. Areola that won the the Under-20 World Cup in Turkey in 2013. He's, um, I would say, he he's more a winger. He's not a big goal scorer, even though he had two seasons where he scored a lot of goals. He liked playing with uh, on, on the right side, even if he's a lefty, working his way in a diagonal line for scoring. His best season in, in Marseille was um, two seasons where Marseille didn't have like, a main striker. They played with a false number nine. So all the goals on that team came from the side. So Tovan playing with, uh, with the opposite side of his of his comfortable feet, he scored a lot of goals. After the World Cup, he never regained the level that uh, made him part of the, the champ's squad. He's not a fast player. I, I wouldn't say pace or raw pace is one of his uh, characteristics. It's more his quality and how fast he is uh, on the decision and, and, and the quality. He can put on the decisions uh, he took with which he takes with the ball. Um, I I wouldn't say he's a, a big goal scorer. He's more a guy that creates chances, trying to work in between lines, coming from the side to the middle of the um, of the pitch. After the injury he got last season at, at the uh, two seasons ago, sorry, at the end of two thousand nineteen, uh, and he didn't play the the the. 2019 2020 season with an injury in, in his ankle he never regained that kind of uh, always a dangerous player e- everything every time he gets the ball something was going to happen um i don't know if it's something psychologically because of that injury or it's just that he never healed properly uh, but he 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 lost like that that feel of Something's gonna happen every time he receives the ball, close to the box or or close to to the um, to the uh, yeah to the to the opposition uh, to the to the rivals defense. So um, I think he is he's 28, so he's, he he have a lot to to give, but it's not the player that was part of the World Cup winning squad.
1: So that was Jaime. Thank you again for your thoughts and opinions on that, Tovan to Tigres, and how he plays, what he's done, and what he can bring to the table. I got another I got another great guest. This one is Zach Lowy. Zach, uh, we've collaborated uh, a few times before. You can follow him on Twitter. He's one of the best followers for, for soccer in Twitter, that's for sure. Uh, check out all his projects. And, and for now, listen to him. Speak with us here at the Believe in Liga MX podcast about Florian Tova
0: Overall, uh, Florian Tovan going to Tigres is a massive move and a massive surprise, uh, in favor of Liga Mekis. I think that, um, Tovan, he's a player who is so good on his day, um. I, he isn't the player who is going to take every big game by the scruff of his neck or you know, dominate against teams like Juventus or uh, Barcelona. But at the end of the day, he's an incredibly talented winger um, who I think will do a lot of damage in Mexico. Uh, this is a pretty big coup for them. Um, I think that the report stated that Tigres and Crystal Palace were the only two options that he had given the fact that he didn't really make a success in Newcastle, I think it is it is understandable why he would join Tigres and be with his friend André Pierre-Gignac. I don't think it's as big of a deal as when Gignac uh, left, when he was really in the prime of his career and joining Tigres. Uh, Thovin's stock is definitely a, a lot lower than, than Gignac's was, but that being said... Uh, This is a massive coup for Tigres, and I definitely think he has the talent to make them uh, an even bigger force on the domestic and international stage. And uh, I'm super excited to see how he does uh, with Guignac um, in Mexico.
1: All right. And that was Zach. Thank you again for your time and your thoughts on the new signing for Tigres. It's going to be exciting. That's all I know. So for next season, we're all waiting to see what he does with the team. Not only, like Zach said, domestically, but also in the international stage. All right, guys. And that was it for the first ever episode of the Liga MX podcast here at Believe's Podcast Network. I can't wait to read your reviews, what you guys think of the podcast. Please let me know. Follow along on social media. My Twitter is at TsunamiPix. And, you know, talk to us. Talk to us about Liga MX. I'm always there talking about it in Spanish and English. You can follow along. I'm really, really excited for this podcast to, to get started and, and, and bring in more amazing guests. So thank you again for the guests that came in today and can't wait to show you what we have in store for the next few episodes. Thank you and goodbye.